Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. On today's episode, we're going to be breaking down the levels of influencer. We've probably heard of nano-influencers, micro-influencers, macro-influencers, but what does that actually mean in today's standard of social media? And for brands, what are each level of influencer best for? And how can you use that as a creator to offer the best brand experience? This week's If You Like It, Like It is Brought to you so by topical. <laughs> Brought to you by Cord. It's so topical. It's so fun. And it's just the greatest example of how the interwebs can really like bond people over things that are so silly. So my If You Like It, Like It this week is the Corn Kid remix. <laughs> It's everything to me, and I actually sent a voice note to a friend about it because it unlocked a core memory for me <laughs> as a child. As a child, I grew up in an area that had a lot of agriculture, mm-hmm. and I remember one time a family member visiting to take care of me and asking me why there were so many overweight people in the restaurant that we were at as a joke, which was cruel already, but I was very small. <laughs> but it was very was small. <laughs> I was very small. This is not a a recent time. And I responded back that I thought it was the corn. Mm, mm. I told her, I think it's the corn. I think everybody's eating like too much corn Mm. in this town. And so I think honestly, if the social media was around when I was five, I would be a viral star. I'm 100% (laughs) convinced. I would be the corn kid. (laughs) What's your favorite remix of this corn trend that you've seen? Okay, so... I really loved, on the brand side, Spindrift did the best version I've ever seen. Good on them, Spindrift. It's so funny. They took an actual ear of corn and they put it into a juicer and they pressed it and they put the juice into Uh. a thing of ice. And then they poured one of their Spindrifts in (laughs) to the music and I was like, killed it. 100%. It's with the trend, but also somehow work their product in, but not like seriously like, oh, it's our product, you know? I don't, I don't know if it's necessary. Like I'm never going to like buy more. Maybe I would buy more Spindrift for them saying this, but like <laughs> I keep going back to, is it really worth being such a funny on-trend brand on TikTok, on Instagram. I think it is. I think it is because it just shows that you get it. Like they're not the trying to sell a corn it. flavored. Right, right. Yeah, they're not trying to sell a corn flavored spender. They're not trying they're to say like, fun. yeah, mix it. <laughs> yeah, that they're like, they are fun, cool kids. And that, I mean, to me, I already drink spender pretty religiously. So it just made me feel good about my purchases. It does make me feel a little bit better about spending $5 on five twenty six on sparkling water instead of Three forty nine. One hundred percent. So if you like it, like it. <laughs> All right, let's chat different types of influencers and what they can do for a marketing campaign. We've talked about the difference between creators and influencers before. But in case you haven't watched all of our episodes and remember every single thing that we say ever, Sonia, you want to break down the difference between an influencer and a creator? (laughs) 
Yes. So I think, you know, earlier on when we started these episodes, there was more of a definite line. And since then, as I'm sure people have heard our episode on the on just creators and UGC has really blown up. And so I think that the line is becoming more blurred between influencer and creator. But essentially, Influencer is someone that you hire to influence. Mm-hmm. It, you are specifically using that person to bring, yeah, conversion, mm-hmm. validation of a product, um, recommendation. They have a tight knit uh, community that trusts them yep. already and trusts the products or things that they talk about. Um, and a creator is more along the lines of photography, mm-hmm. creative direction behind the scenes. They are interpreting a product um, on your behalf and creating content around that. Um, and they don't necessarily post that content yep. anywhere. Not necessarily. Um, giving it to you. Yeah. Where we really got this episode topic from was the fact that more and more people are asking about, you know, what makes a micro influencer? What's a nano mm-hmm. influencer? Um Uh, How should they be used? And at what point should you be looking at hiring influencers with hundreds of thousands of followers or even into the millions of followers? Mm -hmm. And that's really what spurred this conversation is because the definition around each one, I think, is really vague. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know I heard from a listener recently that our breakdown in regards to usage was really helpful for her in finally like setting the record straight as to types of usage. So I think we should just do that for people on this episode. I mean, I wish that there was universal terms for everything, but clearly there are not. So why don't we start with I guess nano influencer is a thing now. So yeah. why is a nano influencer? How many followers do you think is a nano influencer? Your nano influencer has less than 10k. Realistically, I Agreed. would think they would have if we're if we're reinventing the game and I'm dropping everything that I know, I think it's before 5k. I would agree. I would say if you're talking nano, nano, right? Yeah. I would think that you have anywhere from 1,000 or 1,500 followers to anywhere between five, five to, to seven. 7K, yep. but definitely, definitely under 10K, yep. under 10K. Yep. Definitely under mm-hmm. 10K. What about, what about the next realm? Well, the next realm is going to be your micro-influencer. Right which is a term that has been around longer. And I think, um, you know, I never really thought of people in nano influencing, but I think they can be really beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can get into that later on in the episode, how to use each one of these types of influencers. But I think the next one is your micro influencer, which you're looking at under 50K, so that like 10, Mm -hmm. yeah, that like seven to 10-ish area to 50 Okay, I have a weird... What do you think? Yeah, I have many thoughts on Mm -hmm. this. And the first of which is the realm between 30K and 130K Mm -hmm. all have very Uh similar rates. All of those people might have very similar engagement. Yep. I I have people at 30K that offer a reel for $2,000 and I have people at 100K that offer a reel for $2,000. So I think that that really is a bucket. Um, And that could even go, honestly, that could go higher. That could go to like 200K in my eyes. And I know that sounds atrocious that your people in those those realms can have the same rates, but they Mm -hmm. can. Yeah, I do often see people in the around what I would say 50K range. So I would say like 
it starts at about 35k I would think like yeah. sometimes 35k I see as very very reasonable pricing and then mm-hmm. sometimes I see it as like extraordinary and it's matching up with anybody who's at 50k anybody who's at 75k mm-hmm. that type of area in my experience I am seeing a tipping point at the 100k where it is getting a little bit higher for sure yeah. um but you're right like a lot of times I will see the 30k and the 75k have the same have rate the same- or very close to Literally the same rates. Yeah, I I totally agree. So where it gets tricky is the be- below that, um, because mm-hmm. I do think that's that's one separate category. And I don't even think we have a name for it at that point. Um, but then you're seven to 27 somewhere, seven to 30, I guess, mm-hmm. is your mm-hmm. is your next realm. Yeah, so that would be your micro influencer, mm-hmm. even though the pricing of micro is sometimes applied to large. Is going to big time range seven, yeah, sure, seven k to twenty seven k is going to range. That's going to be your greatest jump in rates, greatest yeah. jump, uh, absolutely. And then, like every follower, can, all, every follower matters at that point. For sure. 100%. Every like matters. Um, yeah. And then from there, I call, I mean, I don't think that there's a definition for this level, but I call them mid-tier influencers. When you're looking at anything that is like just under 100K to like mm-hmm. around 300K-ish, yeah. under the 500K range. Now, of course, someone who has closer to 500K is not equivalent to somebody who has around 100k I am mm-hmm. seeing those rates come in very differently but I will say once you hit like 250k to 500k those range sometimes those rates can be very similar yeah which is crazy that's 200,000 people more that's a whole town it, it is it is and this is this is where it's so tricky once you get to those high numbers because number one there's no market standard for it so mm-hmm. and rates are already so crazy high out of this world high at that point like if you have you know 500k followers what rate are you looking at per post give me a general off the cuff it's so all over the place I had um someone who is in the 300k range quote me around 10k for a reel and then I had someone who was in like around the 500 Mm-hmm. Um, K follower range quote me just slightly more like 13k but then yeah. I also saw like 500k charging something like 25k right for a one reel so I'm like what is that mean? yeah yeah mm-hmm. so at that point I mean mm-hmm. you're telling me that this one post is worth a month's worth of income over over that your general exactly. population's month's worth of income for one post yeah I mean now that we're breaking it out this way, I almost feel like the people who should be making the most amount of money are under 50K followers. Like, don't, I hope I never grow over that amount. <laughs> I mean, this is why I don't need to grow. Because no. <laughs> this is why I'm you okay don't. sticking at 35K because right? to be honest, because I can quote the same rates as my 100K person, why push it? Why push exactly. it? No, don't. And I think the people who are probably making the most money are making deals that are anywhere between like 2500 per package or per post or something like that to like 5000 Because to me, that's right. not no money, but that's like a no-brainer for a lot of brands. 
not all right. brands, of course, like your mid and lower level brands that maybe their whole monthly budget is 5k. But still for brands that are spending more regularly, they're they're really invested in influencer marketing, letting go of 2500 is very easy. And that's yeah. normally the rate that I'm casting at the most frequently. Like that's the it's first, like people who are under 3000 is like an easy push through to the client. It's right. when we're getting to 5,000 and above that they're like really looking hard. Is this worth it? And it's a lot of money. It's a lot of, yeah. it's a lot of money. And I get that you also get a lot of eyes and I get that there's a lot of community there. I understand sure. that. And realistically, is there any other way that you can push to that many people that know, like, and trust you for even 10 grand? I don't think so. They have to be doing something else. Yeah. But it's also a really high number. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for sure. It, even if you work for, and I know like influencers will call this out all the time. Oh, well, this is a multi-million dollar company. This is a, this company is worth a billion dollars. It yeah. doesn't matter. $10,000 of spending on Facebook or Instagram ads, $10,000 of, of spending on TikTok ads will get you a shit ton of traffic. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it right, of course, but like way more than probably your average influencer does. And I know those aren't apples to apples, but like when you think about it from an ROI perspective, from a business perspective, like no one cares. $10,000 is $10,000 coming out of the bank. Right. So whether that requires a creative process and nurturing an audience and all that stuff, it's still $10,000 out of the bank. Right. So which one is it going to go towards? Like probably towards ads more so. Where you can depend on something. Exactly. We can track every single thing. I can see how long the people watch the video. I can know, you know, what state they lived in. I can know so much more. Yeah. I really think that's the hard sell is your 200K to, you know, a a mill. I mean, even past that, like, okay, wait, wait, let's, let's jump forward. We have this next level. Sure. We have one more level. Right, which is like our macro influencer, right? Um, who I think is like 500k and up, I guess, and, uh, is like what's yeah. left. Like, I mean, I think if you're in the millions, you're technically on your own. So, I think even your what this is called like macro has like multiple levels. I just like don't think that we've called people with millions, which is now more common than ever. Like, there's right. I, I need to look up the stats, but I know that there are a lot of accounts that have 1 million plus. Mm -hmm. um followers and that I do think is a completely different level like it's almost like most people who have a million followers or more don't even have like a regular talent manager they have like a someone who's like at UTA like United Talent Agency like it's like someone who is a talent representative right not not an influencer manager most of the time so no those people are a class of their own I I totally agree that you're not you're not going to do well with an influencer manager at that point. Um, and we've had this experience where it's, I mean, it's really hard to book because you're looking at a 10 grand partnership at the minimum mm-hmm. per post. And like, that's, that's just a really hard thing to sell across the board. Here, yeah. give me 10 grand. Sure. I know it's, it's just, and I feel like the 10, like we just said, like the 10 grand is so much more closely looked at, even when you have a million followers, even when you have more than a million followers, like it just becomes more and more diluted. Right. You need, you need approval at that point, at that point. Oh yeah. 
100%. And some of those people are saying, you know, like, oh, I'd rather just wait and like book a partnership that's worth 60K or that's worth Mm -hmm. like, you know, 100K or something else than try to get other ones. Yes, exactly. Is at that point, Mm -hmm. do you want a celebrity or do you want an influencer? Yeah. And some of those people and that those are two completely different things. And I think we talked about that before, but, you know, a celebrity brings clout and brings fandom, but an influencer has already taught their following how to purchase. They're used to recommending Mm -hmm. products. It's coming from a completely different perspective. Influencer people, hopefully that was really helpful in helping you categorize where you are, where you might want to go to, mm-hmm. and some of the pricing that goes around that. But just thinking of things like from the brand side and how I look at using each one of these people, because right. there is absolutely a different use for each one of right. these levels. And I think that brands maybe don't think that through right. enough. They're not thinking like, okay, if I get a micro or a nano influencer, I'm not going to get conversion necessarily, but I will get this, you know? Right. Um, So let's go through some of those. Like when you're casting a micro influencer for something, what type of programs are we seeing them in? Yeah. So, I I mean, your nano influencer Mm -hmm. is... I mean, first and foremost, really good at that UGC thing. Yep. I think that they're great for, of course, like gifting campaigns, Mm entry-level stuff, affiliate networks. The affiliate network is tough for me because I'm like, the point is not conversion, so what is it? Traffic. To me, it's like giving people an offer that is interesting enough that they will go to the site and then I can like retarget them later. Mm-hmm. Not that they're actually going to like convert, but we're talking about this from the brand side, right? Like as a nano influencer, maybe or micro influencer, maybe you don't want to sure. become part of a, an affiliate network. But we're talking about like from a brand, yeah. what do I want to offer? And I, I get people? what you're saying, but I'm kind of like I just uh, on the creator side, I mm-hmm. hate so much when I get any kind of affiliate offer, especially at that size, because. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just have to be really picky. We've talked about this. Yeah, you definitely do have to be picky. And also you have to think to yourself, like, it's an entry level if it's the right brand for you. If that's the direction, if it's in your niche, it's the direction that you want to be creating content. And Mm -hmm. it's a brand that you like, know, respect and want to be a part Mm -hmm. of, then like, yes, like, like we said in a previous episode, it's not necessarily about the money. At that point, it's about being part mm-hmm. of the network and being part of the brand and sure. eventually working your way into more money. But definitely content is a huge one. That is mainly like when we are creating a campaign that I, where I would say like more is more. The more people that we can have in it, the better, mm-hmm. the more chitter chatter, mm-hmm. the more content, the more points of view, the more perspectives, everything we want more. Then we're looking at micro, nano and some mid tier people. But when we get to mid-tier, then it's like, it isn't more is more. Because if I had 50K and one person wants 5K, that's a significant part of the budget. So I'm then thinking like, "Mm, that isn't really more is more for me. Like I could get, you know, almost two people for that amount. Mm -hmm. So, Or I could bring on my person with 175K. Yeah. And they might get the same return numbers as somebody who's smaller. So the same impressions, the same click-through links, like it could be similar. Right. And then from there, when we are looking at conversion campaigns, I do feel like people who are around that 50K, 70K range are great for conversion campaigns. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you have just enough eyes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have just enough eyes to make it significant. And just enough trust because you get you have the ability to chat with everyone. Yep. And hopefully you have enough partnership experience under your belt that you're also not annoying to work with. Because mm-hmm. I will say, like, from coming from the brand side, a lot of people come and they're like, I want to activate 100 nano influencers at $100 each. And I'm like, I am not charging the same. You better pay me more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is like will be saying, like, I need one nanny to watch six children. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's really a significantly higher amount of work for the people who are executing that type it of is. partnership. That is, I mean, that's been a tough lesson for me to learn the last the last two months or so. I, I mean, yep. I've told, I've said this so many times, but I cannot believe the number of people, the number of small influencers that are micro influencers that mm-hmm. are terrible to work with and ghost. Oh, awful. Truly awful. I'm trying to help you out and you're ghosting yep. and you're not fun. You're not yeah. fun. To me, the tipping point of for like, there's no more excuses is like when you hit around that seven to 10 K rate at seven to 10 K follower count, you need to decide if this business is for you. Yeah. And like, if it is, then you need to come as a small business owner. And I was actually thinking about this today as like a video that I want to do on TikTok. (laughs) Is that like not enough influencers consider themselves small business owners? Yeah. And I'm like, you are the creative yes but you can't just show up and be like I'm the creative I'm the talent like you are invoicing you are emailing you are managing you are doing all of the things and that's like the time where I'm like I don't want excuses anymore like if I'm paying you twenty five hundred three thousand dollars for a partnership you need to come correct right know what you're talking about I was just talking about this. This was uh, one of the main messaging points throughout my last launch of All Influence Intensive because Mm -hmm. I I really think that's the disconnect for so many creators slash influencers is small businesses. Hey, small businesses, service providers, people that think of themselves as small businesses, you Mm -hmm. are a creator. You are also a creator. You are also an influencer. That is synonymous. But hey, creator slash influencer, that's also synonymous for you. You are a small business as well, and you need to act like it. So we both need to have this, you know, solidarity, my favorite word, in learning that you have that power. You have that power. Take it. Run with it. Yeah. And and it's, it's also yours to lose, right? Mm-hmm. You also have the power to get blacklisted, to have me do a rant that is specific about you, to have <laughs> me say, I will never come back to this person, right? And that's like also yours to lose. So like for all the pressure that people put on themselves to build to that 30K range, to build, to be able to charge 3000 $2,000 per partnership and more, right. they can just as quickly lose it when mm-hmm. they aren't executing correctly. They aren't, they don't not up on the terms when it comes to their agreements. Yeah. They are not offering, you know, edits quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not an option anymore, especially with the amount of people who have that level of following at this point. You can't slack. There can't. is a lot of people who have that level of following and- you know, what is there's a, Yes, there's a lot of people with that following. So you just have to come ready to go because mm-hmm. brands have the power in that area, you know, where it's like 
we're not going to pay this person again. We're not doing this again. Or I'm getting out of this contract right now because this is insufferable. And I I really do want to highlight at the end of the day, what I Mm -hmm. see most with the leverage we have as an agency and pulling our clients into like, we're enforcing this, you are coming right. And we are enforcing the follow-ups and everything that's happening. We're doing that for you. So we know it's happening. Those are the times that we are getting repeat, repeat, repeats. If you're not getting those repeats, there's something that you did that, you know, wasn't right. Yeah. And at that point, they're not even worth it for you to manage. Oh, totally. Right? Totally. Because repeat is huge for managers. So Repeat's huge for influencer marketing in general. If you're not getting yeah. repeat buys. Yeah, you're, you're doing something wrong probably. And very likely it wasn't the conversions. And if whoever no. says it's the conversions, if your you know brand comes back to you and says, oh, well, you didn't get enough conversions. Well, we probably don't want to work with you because they don't understand. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Anyone who's like hold it's I think that more people don't come back to you and not because of the analytics at the end of the day. Right. It's because of the ease of use. 100 percent. Right. We talk about this, I feel like in almost every single episode. Yeah. It's like be easy I, to work with and you'll get repeats. Right. And I actually am in conversations with a with a brand that I've worked with before. And the content had the lowest reach I've ever Mm -hmm. seen on my content. Lowest. And it was because it was set to go live the day after Instagram had that huge glitch. I can't remember which one it was. There was some, there was some (laughs) huge, no, no, no. You know what it was? It was when stories were making you watch from the start again. Oh, I remember. So people were off the app. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to like, I will share this again and again via my story. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I wish there was something that I can do. Instagram's just so glitchy. And they were like, yeah, we don't care. Like we want to work with you again next month and the month after and the month after. I was like, oh, great. Great. You're, you're cool. (laughs) Amazing. I mean, and part of it is that you even offered it, but okay, wait. So then let's go to the next level of people. When we're really looking for like conversion, you're really looking for someone who has trust to me, it's going to be someone that we're contracting for more than one post, maybe like multiple posts over a sale season or multiple posts over a period of time that like capture some sort of a journey. To me, those people are our mid-tier people. And it just depends on, of course, your budget and what you're looking for. But it's going to be someone that we choose that has a history of working with brands that we can see. They have a decent sized following, right? They're not still trying to build their following. They're clear on their niche. They're clear Mm -hmm. on their communication. Mm -hmm. Um, They're clear on their style of the Mm -hmm. editing, the style of the content that they make. Um, They're not like bouncing all around, testing new things all the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that's like what we're going to go with. That's like what the brand should be looking for when you are saying like, okay, great. I want to, you know, hire you for a six month campaign or I want you to post three times over this 30 days or whatever. So what size, what size is that? I think it can go up to the 150K range probably. It just like depends on how tight they are with their audience, really, and like what we want from them. But yeah, I think you're in that mid-tier area. I think any higher than that, too, is Mm -hmm. your like sponsored, sponsored person. You're the face of this brand now. 
I want to say sponsored mm-hmm. athlete. I'm think. Uh, let me just lay out what my brain <laughs> automatically goes to. I think of yep. gym wear brands. I think of Gymshark and all of their athletes that mm-hmm. they're sending mm-hmm. these hauls to all the time. I think of supplement companies sure. where you are truly a sponsored part of everything that they're doing. Yeah, I mean, you're like a much larger part. I think the people you who don't are do one off partnerships. That, no, I think the people who are, I mean, maybe you do, but for, from the brand side, since we're talking about like, well, who am I looking at from the brand side? I think if you're saying I want a brand ambassador, which a lot of people do, and that's going to be someone who works with me throughout an entire year, six months, maybe just a quarter, but for most people, it's going to be six months to a year. You right. are looking for someone who's a lot larger, um, who has definitely over that 100, 150 range mm-hmm. and up, probably not into the millions, but definitely higher. And, you know, I think that those people are also like really tight on their niche for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not just like someone who has quote unquote lifestyle. It's no. someone who is like much more specific, like you're saying, like a sports person, maybe yeah. they are, you know, a fitness enthusiast or they do something else and they are required then to do like monthly check-ins, maybe they right. host in-person events or shopping events. Their scope of work is like much more robust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is what does that scope of work actually look like? Are they getting paid? They're really probably not getting paid per post. They're probably getting paid with a commission, you know, well, that too, but mm-hmm. a list of dates, what does the brief mm-hmm. look like? What does the actual campaign look like? So um, for some people that we have done this for, the brief looks like, okay, you owe us this series of posts every single month, but the theme and the content is going to be decided closer Change. to. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you owe us like, you know, cause well, of course we're agreeing upon it well in advance and it's a year long thing and there's mm-hmm. a lot of exclusivity that's involved potentially. Right. Um, So you're saying like you owe us this like monthly check-in or this monthly awareness push for the brand and we'll tell you specific what it's to 30 days before or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, because we may not know what product they're going to be focusing on. We may not know that Ulta's having a sale at that time. You know, we don't know at the beginning necessarily. So there's that. There's also been, you know, if you're doing anything where it's like you're going to be really specific to a product and you're going to have a code the whole year or for Mm -hmm. the full partnership where you might get the flat rate for the amount of time, but you also get a commission. So then because, you know, let's say this is you, Harley, and you're giving people your code to check out for something, but and you know you have to do it 12 times for the year, Mm -hmm. you might do it more than 12 times. Because it comes up in your lifestyle, because you know you're going to make commission if you sell more or whatever else. So that also can be a very lucrative partnership when you're saying, okay, this is the base rate for me to be involved for these 12 check-ins. But I'm going to go above and beyond. I mean, But I'm going to go above and beyond because I'm making commission. Right. At Mm -hmm. that point, this is like, what, a 60K plus kind of partnership? Yeah, definitely can be. Definitely can be. I think you're looking at some big numbers. You're looking at, yeah. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. you'll have another, a second sponsor, but you're looking at something that covers your ear, essentially. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, these people, I think 60K is not covering their like year in terms of expenses and like life. They're doing other stuff. But <laughs> <Sure>. yeah, like, <laughs> sure. But yes, it could potentially cover your years. I mean, it could cover someone's year salary 100%. Right. It's a, but it's a salary amount. It's a yeah. salary oh, amount. Oh, yeah. 
For sure. As it should be, because you're talking about a year's worth, which is a year's mm-hmm. worth of work, a year's worth of everything. Um, yeah. So it should be a significant investment that they're getting. And then what about when you're talking about like your people in your millions, like micro celebrities, celebrities, how are you seeing brands work with them these days? I feel, I always feel like you it's know, such a waste, personally. I think it's such a waste to contract somebody who's had a million followers. Unless, like, they're really integrated part of your brand for, like, product development. Like, you have a collaboration. Outside of that, I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> I immediately think of Kella Dactyl, the cute little blonde that girl is. that does dance videos in, like, the colored jumpsuits and Crocs. Okay, no clue. I feel like you've definitely this seen just shows her. you how wild the internet is, is that people with millions of followers, other people have no idea who they are, even though you like live on the internet. Yeah. So (laughs) she's been in, I think it was a Disney commercial recently or something. Mm -hmm. Her um, husband does all of her editing, which is intense editing. Um, Mm -hmm. She'll like do these little dance videos, but the outfit color will change every time with like every move. Oh, okay. I know who she is. I think I've seen her like promoting Adobe Create or something. Yeah, yeah. Those like editing platforms. So she's been, Mm -hmm. she was on a commercial recently and I was like, I know her. Hold up. I know exactly (laughs) who that is. And Uh I mean, that's, that's the kind of place that you should really be. It should be your like lines of, of uh, like a fashion Mm -hmm. line or a specific branded product to you. Like at that point you need to be partnering with Whatever it is, a Crayola, Scott, right, right, Lego. right, Crayola, Crayola, and getting your own color, Ben and Jerry's, and getting yeah. your own flavor. Yeah, exactly. That it's bigger. Is exactly right, and it, that takes us back to like influencers who become part of the brand and the episode yes. that we did there, where it was like you're becoming like an investor, you're becoming yes. part of product development. That's like that level of influencer. That's the way that brands should be using them, not for yes. these like weird one-offs where like you're holding a sports drink and you're like, this really quenches my right. thirst. Like, no, and this no, is it's why... gonna buy out of that. No, and this is why it's so hard in that realm because I know people that are making zero dollars and zero cents. Yeah, at that 100%. size, and it's because Ugh. getting into commercials like you need a you need a freaking acting manager yeah you need all types of people and all of those people cost money and all of them are taking part of your money and it's a lot it is a lot it's much more brand development it's much more personality development it's a tough it's a tough level that cover that covers it that's that's everybody on the brand side and the influencer side right so we need to come back and chat about tiktok because Instagram is already a madhouse, but those standards are so different on TikTok. So uh, takeaways. Tell me what you're, tell me what you're thinking here. Takeaways. To me, the biggest thing is for brands to think about what we've said about each one of these level of influencers and Mm -hmm. what they do. Because I do think one of the biggest reasons why influencer marketing quote unquote fails for a brand or I hear from a brand like, oh, we don't work with influencers. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work for us. It's because they are giving the wrong influencer the wrong scope of work. Right. Or they're partnering with influencers expecting an ROI outcome that is not attainable for that level of influencer. Yeah, Yeah, it's just not. It's misaligned and they're not coming at it strategically. They're thinking an influencer is an influencer. Everyone should be able to do the same thing. And that's just not how it works. 
It, it's not. And there's very specific things that these people along the way are, are better at. So I think on the influencer side, on the creator side, that same strategic nature needs to come into play too of, you know, what am I best at? What do I want to sell mm. to these brands? Because that's what you're doing. You are selling your service. And how can you in that space go above and beyond so that they want to book you over and over again? Because like we said, you don't need to be at 100K. You really don't. Like there's so much clout on the internet for like, I hit 100K in this many days. No, actually, <laughs> goodbye. Like goodbye. I will stick at my 35K and, you know, do just as well. It yeah, doesn't equate. I mean, no, absolutely not. And I think that is a huge takeaway that we're learning from this episode is that 35K 35K is the new 100K, as they say on the cover of People Magazine. <laughs> on the cover of People Magazine. Um, I'm going to yeah. take that title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us this episode. We hope that you learned a lot. If you have any comments, questions, thoughts, feelings, please come find us on the Instagram or on TikTok. We would love to hear from you. 